0: podcast you've been looking for all along step into the world of urban exploration with guests from around the world welcome to no tracers welcome back to the no tracers podcast i am your host k just the letter k welcome if you're a new listener hey thanks for joining us and if you've been listening for a while Welcome back. It's nice to have you here again for another episode. This week on the No Tracers podcast, I am chatting with an urban explorer all the way in Melbourne, Australia, the Telltale Traveler. She has been exploring for the past couple of years. She's got some stories from Japan to share with you guys, which is super cool. Some crazy stories. And I can't wait for you guys to hear this episode. But before we get into it, there are a few things I have to let you know about. First of all, I do have a book about urban exploring. If you want to check it out, it's called No Tracers, An Urban Explorer's Diary. You can pick it up on Amazon or you can pick up a signed copy at notracers.com. And on notracers.com, you can also see my blog posts with my photos of each exploration that I've done. I just recently made that website, so I'm super excited about it. Um, The second thing I need to let you know about is that we have a partner on this show And that partner is Liquid Death Water. And if you've never heard of Liquid Death Water, hey, don't worry. I've got an ad coming for you in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water, a water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid Death. Murder your thirst. So if you guys want to get 10% off your order at liquiddeath.com, use code just the letter K. I get a little bit of kickback from that, so I appreciate it ahead of time. And uh, if you guys check out the bottom of the description of this episode, there are a bunch of Amazon links to different gear products that I think might help you on your urban exploration journey. Things like backpacks, cameras, lights, solar chargers for your phone uh, or your batteries A bunch of different things down there, so please be sure to check those out. And again, I get a little bit of kickback for that, so I appreciate it ahead of time. And uh, another thing i got to let you know about is if you want to continue supporting the podcast on a monthly basis, you can join my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash just the letter K. Again, there's a link down in the description to it if you want to check it out. Um, And lastly, if you aren't following me on Instagram or TikTok, hit up no tracers, no dot tracers, or no tracers on TikTok. And the last thing I got to let you know about is if you leave a rating and feedback on this podcast, if you like what you're hearing and you feel like leaving a rating and feedback, I will actually send you a signed photo print of an abandoned place that I've explored as a way of saying thank you for helping the show out. That helps us grow on the iTunes charts. So especially if you're on Apple podcasts, please leave a rating and feedback. All right. Without further ado, this is the Telltale Traveler. Please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the No Tracers audience.
1: Hello, I am the Telltale Traveller. I take uh, urban exploration photos and go in abandoned buildings and drains. Amazing. So, first of all, tell everybody where you're from. Um, So, I'm from Australia, originally from Canberra, the capital, but I've since moved down to Melbourne where there's a bigger exploring community and, you know, tons more stuff to see.
0: I love that. So, tell me what got you into exploring in the first place. What made you catch this bug?
1: Um, it's kind of a funny story. So back in, I think 2013 or 2014, you know, I was just doing um, year 11, year 12 classes and I decided to pick up photography because I'd always been kind of artistic. I've painted and that kind of thing. But, you know, I was like, oh, I'll give photography a go. And then one of the assignments I needed to, I think, photograph architecture or make a like a website or something, I can't quite remember. But my friend was like, oh, hey, I know this abandoned orphanage like an hour and a half away, like let's go check it out. I'm like, okay, like sounds horrifying, but sure. (laughs) So we head off and, um, you know, explored it for a few hours with, you know, my friend and two others. Um, And ever since I've kind of just been taking photos of places you're not meant to be. I love that. I love that you started
0: out with photography first, and then because of a school assignment, essentially, you got into exploring abandoned buildings. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was kind of um, an unexpected turn. <laughs> so tell me more about that orphanage. Do you
0: know like the history of it or any, any other details about that place? Since it was your first exploration, tell me more about it.
1: Um, so it's, it's in this like, uh, small historic town. Like I said, a few, few hours drive away from my hometown. Um, at the time it was pretty intact, uh, you know, obviously broken windows and that kind of thing, but not much graffiti, um, that kind of thing. And it, I don't know too much about history. I just hear like bad things, you know, uh, people were really mistreated there, uh, it was horrible for the kids, you know, they were kind of all crammed in, you know, the, the tales you hear of a lot of orphanages and mental asylums is just the conditions were terrible because they didn't care and they, you know, the people didn't mean anything to anyone. So no one spoke up. So it's a sad history, but, um, uh, you know, I explored it the first time and since then it's actually been, I think, deliberately lit on fire a few times. So it, I've, you know, gone back probably four or five times now and I just have this like series of photos where you know it just gets gradually more deteriorated like uh, gradually more damaged and uh, it's just sad but yeah I don't know too much about the um the history other than it's depressing unfortunately
0: yeah, for sure. And like you said, that seems to be very common among orphanages and, and more more so asylums. Uh, and I think that goes across the world, not just Australia. You know, we have the same kind of stories over here in, in America. Uh, a lot of, you know, mistreatment and and just horrible things that these people did to these mostly kids, you know, and, and it's, it's crazy that it's kind of crazy that we explore these places. But I mean, at the same time, we're we're, like, time traveling back into, into history when we walk into these places. Can you talk a little bit more about the feeling you get when you go into these kind of places?
1: Oh, um, it kind of depends on the place, you know. Um, I've been to, like, abandoned abattoirs and, you know, the orphanage. And, and obviously, like, drains as well. I'm not sure um, if you, you guys in America consider that urban exploring. But, sure. like, uh, drains is a big part of it, exploring in Australia. Um yeah, I guess it just depends on the place. You know, obviously the orphanage was kind of a somber feeling place and uh any like abandoned nursing homes I've been to have always been like really dark and creepy, especially go at, if when you go at night, it's just really unsettling because you know people have died there or been mistreated there. Um but, yeah, I guess it depends entirely on the place. Most of them kind of have an eerie feeling, obviously, because mm. there's no longer anyone there. And a lot of the time they tend to be a bit overgrown or um, bizarrely quiet.
0: Yeah. And I think that that silence kind of brings you into like another – it's like you're walking into a portal almost. It's like, you know, the world around you kind of stops when you go into one of these places.
1: Mm, definitely. Yeah. It's um kind of spooky.
0: It's very spooky, but I think that's why we get a kick out of it, you know?
1: Yeah, it's definitely uh, an interesting hobby. It's it's. I guess the way I get my uh, my thrills is uh, being in weird places in the dark.
0: <laughs> for sure. Uh, do you have any gear recommendations for new explorers? Like, for example, a backpack or a flashlight or a mask or anything like that?
1: Yeah, probably. I mean, the best thing to do when you're starting exploring is just explore with what you have. But obviously, you know, if you're going to explore, good shoes is always um, an excellent choice. I almost stepped on a rusty nail while wearing sneakers, and it was uh, a very, very close call. And ever since then, I've been wearing, you know, big work boots or, you know, Doc Martens with thick soles. So I think good shoes is always you know a, uh, an important one and and if you're exploring exploring somewhere with um asbestos signs definitely get yourself a proper respirator that's rated to asbestos like uh mold and lead paint that's very very important but as for camera gear if you can't afford it but you still want to explore you know don't let that stop you obviously when I first started I actually know even like four years into photography, I didn't own a camera. I was borrowing my boyfriends and my moms and then I saved up. And yeah, so don't let anything stop you. I, I guess it's just be safe, obviously. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Last week we had a an iPhone photographer on the podcast, you know, so it, it, you can literally use your phone to take photos. Uh, don't let your camera or lack of a camera limit you to exploring. And even if you don't have a camera at all, like I still think the experience of doing this is, is a- a- absolutely incredible. And I, I recommend that everybody try it at least once because it's just such a fascinating and unique thing to do.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I took my mom along to explore some abandoned places and a drain, and she absolutely loved it. You know, she grabbed her phone and was taking pictures as well, so, you know, no matter how old you are um, or what gear you have, it's possible. You just have to be wary of um, the safety consequences. Absolutely. So speaking of safety and
0: spookiness, uh, tell me about your scariest explorations.
1: Oh, this is kind of a long one. Okay, go (laughs) ahead. So I really like going to Japan and I've been there twice now. And obviously Japan has kind of a different culture around abandoned places and, you know, um, spirits and I think they're a lot more respectful over there. There's a lot less graffiti culture. So I really enjoy looking at the abandoned places there. And um, I was on a family holiday with my mother and her fiance. And, you know, I had to squeeze in some abandoned places, obviously. Yep. And uh, a long story short, essentially I dropped them off somewhere, drove a very long way, probably two hours uh, in a hire car, explored a place and then realized that I had lost the hire car keys somewhere in the Japanese wilderness in the middle of Shikoku Island. Um, <sighs> it's, uh, yeah, a epic tale of about probably 12 to 14 hours of, you know, I couldn't find my keys. I had to, like, walk down the mountain and, like, get the Japanese police involved and I couldn't go and pick my mom and her fiance up. And, you know, uh, just a totally bizarre turn of events. The police officer barely spoke English and I barely speak Japanese, so I had to call a Japanese friend and be like, hey... Can you um talk to him for me because I I can say my name and like where's the toilet and that's it. So, so how did so, that conversation go? Oh, with the Japanese police officer? Yeah. Um I kind of lied and said I wasn't actually in the building. I was mm-hmm. taking pictures of the outside and I had mm-hmm. dropped my keys somewhere on the outside, not, you know, in the forest surrounding this building. Um and he said, "Well, you know, we have to look for your your keys before I can take you down to the police station and do anything else um and so I had to pretend that you know my keys would have been somewhere around outside of this abandoned building because I was like I don't want to go to jail in Japan like I don't know what that's like you know Mm -hmm. um plus I'd spent three hours probably exploring this place there's no way we were finding the keys so (laughs) you know after after looking for a little bit he drove me to the police station kind of took my details. Uh, he bought me water on the way there though I hadn't had any food or water in hours by that point point. Um, and you know I stayed in a random little ryokan like a Japanese inn in the middle of nowhere and the next day my mother and her fiance trained down to where I was and we tried to look for the hire car keys and I had to get the spare ones from the the company. So, I mean, the story's is a lot longer than that. It 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 probably takes a good hour to tell. But you know, at the time I lost the keys, it was getting dark, and you know, I was hungry. And you know, there's bears on Shikoku Island. Apparently, I don't know how to deal with bears. There's no <laughs> bears in Australia, so. <laughs> oh
0: my god.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it it was um definitely the scariest thing I've been through. Because you know I'm in the I'm in a foreign country and I don't speak Japanese and I meant to have picked my mom and her fiance up but I can't. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it all worked out in the end. You know, no one kidnapped me or murdered me. And Great. Um, <laughs> I, I did have to pay seven hundred dollars to replace the hire car keys though. Oh my so. god! <laughs> a- Australian though, so it's probably like five hundred US dollars. But um, that's a lot. Yeah. Such a long story, but it, you know, I was wandering around in the dark and I saw like deer and these weird—I um, think they're called raccoon dogs. These weird raccoon animals that Japan has. But yeah, just a uh, a tale for a lifetime. <laughs>
0: wow, absolutely insane story, and I hope one day to hear the the full details of it. But I'm sure that's like a, a like you said, a whole podcast in itself um
1: do you have any urban exploration injury stories oh um nothing too terrible uh obviously the worst one was almost stepping on that nail I actually like I did half step on it and it went through my shoe but I didn't put my full weight down on it Mm. so my my foot remained unimpaled which was nice um I've, I've been pretty lucky, honestly. You know, I'm I'm really careful with what I walk on and who I go with, obviously, because having other people to keep you safe and you know spot check you is good. I mean, I, I yesterday I went draining with some friends and we had to go through this little manhole and I scraped my arm. But honestly, other than that, I'm I'm you know I've remained you know healthy and safe, which is great. Awesome, yeah. I think you know bumps and bruises. That's just comes with the
0: territory of what we do so I I feel like I get new scrapes and bruises every time I go to a different abandoned place
1: (laughs) yeah do you ever just find random bruises and you're like which adventure did this come from (laughs) yeah and like one time I was exploring this abandoned jail
0: and like if people want to watch the full video it's up on my youtube channel but uh we basically had to escape this jail because a a cop showed up and like camped outside and was waiting for us to go out the way we came in And so we were like, okay, we can either go out that way, get caught, or we can go out the back and scale over this razor wire fence.
1: (laughs) Oh, that sounds intense. (laughs)
0: Oh, my God. It was so crazy. And so I I have like a scar on my leg from like, you know, the razor wire or something like that. I don't even know what happened. But I mean, it was a crazy day and of course at the end of it i was like guys i have to leave i have to be somewhere after this and so we were like (laughs) rushing to escape but you know we got out and got back to the car and we just basically like walked past this this cop and we were like peace out dude like see ya like he had no idea who we were you know so we got away with that one luckily
1: Oh, I love stories like that. See, I I wish I could get, you know, a bunch of urban explorers in a room, buy them all beer and be like, tell me your best stories from start to finish because they like everyone has crazy ones. Oh, for sure. I hope after like COVID that I can do something like that,
0: you know, like get a bunch of people from this podcast together somewhere and just, you know, share our stories around like a campfire. (laughs)
1: Oh, it would be so fun.
0: So crazy. So uh,
1: have you been exploring during quarantine
0: slash COVID?
1: Um, that's a tricky one, obviously, because I'm not sure if um any of your listeners know how bad the lockdown was in Melbourne, but I was basically confined to a 5K radius from my house. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I unfortunately could not explore because we had one of four reasons we could leave the house, which was, you know, work. Uh, health-related stuff, uh, food shopping, and then exercise, and then it could only be an hour for each of them. So I pretty much, yeah, was stuck inside my house for a good six months. Um, we did do a few sneaky drains near my house, but they're all pretty boring and small. Um, but you know, you can't you can't uh, complain if you know you're stuck in a global pandemic. So unfortunately, <laughs> I have been stuck in my house. I. I started learning more Japanese, but not so much exploring. Unfortunately, it's all good. Uh, tell me what your favorite exploration has been to date. Oh, my favorite exploration—probably the first time I went to Japan. You'll—you'll you'll see a theme. I absolutely love Japan. The abandoned buildings are amazing, and I highly recommend anyone who has the chance to go should go. But um, so the first time my boyfriend and I went, I messaged probably like. 20 or 30 Japanese explorers before we went and I was like you know hey man I'm from Australia like I'd love to meet up and go exploring because y- you know exploring in an, uh, exploring in a different country is hard especially if you don't know the the language that well and you know it takes forever to find places because it's all on the internet but in Japanese so I messaged all these people And um, only one girl got back to me and she spent the day driving us around. She she had never spoken to me before or met me before, but she took us to two love hotels and a little abandoned primary school. But the second love hotel was amazing. It was like this little kind of resort village. So think of like individual houses with individual bathrooms and like, you know, um, a bedroom for for where the Japanese businessmen take their ladies of the night, essentially. Um, But they're all themed. So there was one with a a train bed, one with like a bed in a car with like mirrored ceilings, like velvet walls, absolutely bizarre stuff. And I never would have seen it if it hadn't been for this like wonderful Japanese lady. She was so sweet. And, um, you know, I, I hopefully will catch up with her next time I go. But yeah, this place was insane
0: wow that's awesome and so my next question is about social media actually can you talk a little bit more about what that's done for you
1: i think social media is pretty fantastic but also probably kind of detrimental to urban exploration Mm -hmm. it's definitely a a double-edged sword like i said on the one hand i can you know make friends with people across the world and and go spend a day with them and you know be on podcasts like this like we wouldn't have connected if you know Instagram wasn't a thing so it's it's really great to meet like lifelong friends via social media who love the same thing because before you know Instagram before I was on Instagram I was just this weird chick who went in abandoned buildings and my coworkers looked at me funny (laughs) but um like the the downside is obviously people not caring so much about like keeping locations secret and you know they just name drop them and people trash it or light it on fire or you know so it's it's good and bad but i really appreciate you know the good people on here you know
0: absolutely i i feel the exact same way about it and i think most of us feel that way about it for sure you know it's like you said a double-edged sword there's pros and cons to social media but i i do think that being able to connect with other explorers has been huge you know and hugely instrumental in not only things like this podcast but also connecting with other people in other countries, like like you were mentioning about Japan. Uh, when I went to Portugal, I was with my dad. And uh, I lucked out. And we had a tour guide that actually knew of this abandoned 360-degree restaurant that overlooked the entire city of Lisbon. And I was like, hey, man, do you happen to know where this is at? And he was like, oh, yeah, I can take you there tomorrow. So like, I got to explore this place for like four hours. The security guard there let us in. And like he was like, yeah, you can just go in and park inside. And I've remained friends with him. You know, we talk frequently on social media and I think that, you know, it's connections like that, that like you said, do last a lifetime. And so I'm super grateful for social media for that aspect of it.
1: Yeah. It's, it's honestly so good. Like I have so many great friends that I never would have had if it wasn't for social media.
0: Yeah. Same. Um, do you have a favorite history
1: of a place that you've explored? Mm, that one's really tricky because sometimes when you explore, you can't really find a lot of information on a place. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm not sure if I have a favorite. I think they're all interesting in their own way. Even, you know, little abandoned houses. There's a few, not, not a ton in Melbourne, but there's a few with old furniture from like the, the 80s and 90s. And it's just, you know, interesting to kind of imagine who lived there if you can't find the actual physical proof um I can't say I have a favorite but honestly they're all interesting in their own way if you dig deep enough
0: oh for sure and then do you have any goal
1: places like bucket list items or places you like to explore I have a few I think I think you talked about it on one of your other podcasts but it is Battleship Island. I I got to go on the tour around it, but you need to, like, bribe a fisherman to take you there, I'm pretty sure. So I'd really like to go there, Um, back to Fukushima probably, because, you know, when I went, I was a bit – I was probably too timid to actually fully explore the place because it's obviously quite a a depressing, um, sensitive topic for the Japanese people, so – um and then maybe chernobyl as well but i think that with the tours and the fires it's it's getting a bit commercialized and and um you know maybe a bit harder to do i'd probably rather sneak in than pay for a tour personally but yeah those those are just a few uh, there's so many places i'd love to come to america as well like that's a big thing on my list is just come to America for three months, like drive across the country and just like meet up with a bunch of people. That's probably one of the next trips once COVID's over.
0: Yeah, that was my goal for 2020 was to do a urbex tour around the country. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. But, you know, maybe next year it'll happen. And hey, maybe if you get out here, we can uh, meet up and go explore some spots. We have a lot of asylums and jails out here that are abandoned. And those are some of my favorite things to explore. And malls, lots of abandoned malls.
1: I would definitely love to meet up. I've, I've seen a lot of churches as well, like abandoned yeah. churches in America.
0: Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, I think Europe's churches are a lot cooler than ours just because of the architecture. You know, they have more of the like Gothic uh, old century uh, type of architecture and we have more modern abandoned churches over here
1: yeah that makes sense i think i think um America and europe are, 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 are a bit spoiled for abandoned places honestly <laughs> if you come to australia it's there's not a lot in the middle of the country it's just desert and mm-hmm. and um for recent like western history it's it's uh it's a very new country obviously the the aboriginal peoples have been here for you know centuries and centuries right but um they obviously didn't build churches and um things that are now abandoned. So (laughs) I think I'd love to go over um, to uh, different countries and just, you know, enjoy the abandoned places. Absolutely. If you could live in one place you've explored for one week, which place would it be? That's an interesting question. Hmm. I'd probably have to say that Love Hotel that I mentioned earlier, just the one with all of the funny themed bedrooms i'd probably pick the one with the car (laughs) just stay there and um explore it because it was a massive place and i didn't see all of it so it'd be funny funny to squat there and just kind of you know scare people if they they came by (laughs) to explore it
0: (laughs) for sure um and then my last question for you is what is something you know now that you
1: wish you knew when you started hmm i think the community like the community around urban exploration is a lot more diverse than people think. And I, when I first got into it, I thought it was, you know, just people exploring, um, respecting places, but you know, there's obviously like copper strippers and like graffiti artists. Mm. And, and like, I'm not saying that any of those people are bad. It's just, everyone has different morals and, you know, I wish I knew earlier that it takes a lot of people to make this community go around and. Um, just because some people believe one thing doesn't mean that other people are going to follow it. Like it's, it's a really diverse community. And I kind of, I spent a little bit of time being annoyed that people would, you know, copper strip or, or graph. And it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta look at things from other people's perspectives. I, you know, people are diverse and it took a while for me to learn that not everyone is in it for photography, but it's okay. Honestly, like it takes a lot of people to make this community great and interesting Definitely. I want to one day create or finish, I guess
0: I should say, because I guess I've kind of already created it with video. Uh, But I want to do like a documentary piece about the different types of explorers, like like the graffiti artists, the copper strippers, the metal strippers, you know, all the different types of people that explore these places, because like you said, it's so diverse and so fascinating
1: yeah that would actually be pretty interesting especially if you got some of their opinions as well like went and talked to them that'd be great can I can I ask you a question actually yeah yeah ask away how how do you feel about like copper strippers and like people who take things and graffiti artists like what's your opinion about that kind of thing so I guess like it's up to everyone's own discretion
0: how they handle, you know, abandoned places. I know people like friends of mine that take stuff uh, like tokens. Like I, personally, I've taken like a. I went to an abandoned glass factory in Pittsburgh to film a music video. And there were like they used to make porcelain trinkets and, and all types of different colored glass. So, I mean, I did take a little porcelain set of doves that was like super tiny from there. Mm. Um. So I just kind of think. I don't know, it, it depends, but I, I guess if I say, like, I don't like people that take stuff, like, that makes me a hypocrite, because I have also done that, you know, a time or two, um, but... I do also one day want to open a museum about urban exploration where people can donate some of their stuff to the museum and we can put like plaques of like where where they found it and like what it is. I always thought that would be something super interesting to do. But again, that like goes back to the moral thing. Like, is that the right thing to do or does that encourage people to start taking things from these places, you know?
1: Yeah, it's definitely a... um a topic up for discussion i really like that museum idea you could definitely you could do um a website instead and just have like pictures as well if you didn't want right um just things from america that would be cool just a website about it yeah um yeah i i i I think in the terms of taking stuff i part of me wishes that you could like clear out a place that was about to be demolished and like donate it to charity because i've driven past so many places that are mid mid demolition and i can see all the all the furniture still in there and they're just destroying it and like chucking it in landfill it's like i wish i could have gone in there and you know brought that to a charity shop instead of it just going to waste cuz it's kind of depressing honestly yeah no i feel the same way
0: about that as well you know anything that's about to be demolished i think you sh- they sh- like the city should allow people to go in uh i guess scavenge it you know and and take Take things from it and or even just do it themselves and just pay a team to go in and take everything out and then donate that Uh, i think that's something that should be a part of you know uh getting rid of abandoned places um what's your opinion about uh demolishing these abandoned places do you see it as a good thing or do you see it as something that you know they're kind of taking away history
1: that is a really tricky question um I guess, again, it depends on the place, you know, if it's just a little abandoned house that's, you know, falling apart, it kind of doesn't matter. But, you know, bigger bigger iconic buildings definitely need to be saved. It's just, you know, not everyone has the money, like the owners might not care. Maybe, they're, maybe it's heritage listed and they're letting it be destroyed so they can demolish it. Mm-hmm. I guess it just depends on the place, you know, having really beautiful buildings from different decades and eras is is important like if you walk through Melbourne just seeing the different um you know like brutalist architecture or like all the kind of gothic style churches it's like it's amazing that they're in use and they're occupied and maybe some of them have been repurposed and I think saving some of them is definitely good but you know it it definitely definitely a case-by-case scenario obviously going through and deciding each one would be time consuming but probably worth it
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think like repurposing some of these places is uh, something that needs to be done. For example, here in Los Angeles, we have a 17 story abandoned hospital. And in Los Angeles, we also have a huge homeless crisis. Like we Mm -hmm. have thousands of homeless people and like you could literally give them a safe place to live. You know, like they're not doing anything with this hospital. Just clean it up and and repurpose it and fix it up and let these people have a safe place to go, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I think that's the the other depressing thing is, you know, as explorers we see all of these places and, and you're right, there's so many people on the streets, like again in Melbourne as well and I hope that they have somewhere safer to go at night than just like the, you know, the main CBD street. But, you know, if the government could, you know, introduce something like that, that would be great. Actually, I just remembered, I think Japan was doing something to I think Japan was doing something with their abandoned places, um, making them really cheap. Because I think, what, two in 10 or something is it? Properties are abandoned in Japan. It's something oh. ridiculous like that because the, the population is going down. It says
0: over 13% of buildings in Japan are abandoned.
1: Yeah, that's it. 13%. Yeah, they had this whole um, government thing where you could get like really cheap loans or you could get the building for free or something ridiculous wow. but like obviously they, they need to encourage that because japan just has so much wasted property and and that kind of thing yeah i think that's the same with uh you know people don't really know about it but dubai i uh, lived
0: there for a couple years when i was a teenager uh, i studied film over there and there's actually like a lot of abandoned high rises because a lot of the developers pull out for you know lack of money or they the the budget ran out. So they, instead of demolishing the building or selling it off, they just leave it there. And so it's like, what, what is that building doing there? Like what? (laughs) It's just wasting space. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've talked about a lot today. I want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. If people want to follow your journey, where can they find you online?
1: Well, no worries. Um, I had a, had a great time. It's always fun having a chat. Um, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at The Telltale Traveller. I also started a TikTok if you want some more silly Urbex-related content. This was my episode
0: with the Telltale Traveler from Australia. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing some absolutely amazing stories. I love chatting with you. If you guys like this episode, please be sure to follow her on Instagram or YouTube. I've dropped her links down in the description for you. So you can just click on them and go straight there. If you did like this episode, please do me a huge favor and leave a rating and feedback. And if you do that, I will actually send you a signed photo print from an abandoned place that I have explored throughout my journey as a way of saying thank you for doing that, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. It really helps this podcast grow. It gives it some notoriety and it helps new people that are looking for a podcast to listen to, helps give them an idea of what they can expect in the show. So like I said, if you guys do that, send me a screenshot at no.tracers and I will send you a signed photo print. Thank you guys for doing that. I appreciate it. And please check out some of the past episodes. If you would like to be on the show, you can also hit me up at no.tracers on Instagram. I'm always looking for new guests, especially in this upcoming year of 2020. I would like to expand this podcast and, do maybe two a week. That would be super cool. Right now we're doing every Friday, but I would love to do one on Tuesday and one on Friday. So if you want to be on the podcast, please hit me up at no.tracers. And if you guys want to see my blog or pick up a copy of my book, No Tracers and Urban Explorers Diary, you can do so at notracers.com. All right. I'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you again for listening to the No Tracers podcast. My name is Kay. Stay strong, keep enduring, go out, go explore, and remember, leave no trace.